Hello! Welcome back to another episode of Diagnosing a Killer. I'm Kenna. And I'm Koel. And I think I went, hello! Hello! <laughs> a second ago. doing yeah pretty good actually <laughs> went to go see a baseball game oh, that with sounds like fun most of the fam you and case slept in it was his birthday yeah the day before we were recording this and i didn't we feel were, like getting up neither did he yeah we were all up pretty late last night yeah so. definitely we just had some really nice texas barbecue for dinner which is <sighs> so yummy so yummy yeah. And now we're here to talk to you guys, and we're super excited. This is another one of our cases that we're recording before my trip, mm-hmm. so this is going to be coming out while I'm not even in Texas, <laughs> but we wanted to bring <laughs> you guys all the content, and we're really excited. About, I'm really excited about this one. You yeah. don't know what I'm doing. Before we get started, do you want to tell everyone about our handles? And then I do have a couple messages to read as well. Sure. You can catch us at diagnosingakiller.com. There you will find links to research and merch. Use that Merchy Merch tab. It'll take you over to Redbubble. Mm. Get some shirts before the convention in August. Also on our website, you can find a DAKPOD coupon code. That'll get you 15% off of a ticket to the True Crime Paranormal Podcast Festival. <laughs> the hands. <laughs> a, lot, a lot of hands. Grabby hands. I'm definitely making sure to bring, like, a bunch of extra business cards to Ohio, so if I run into anybody, yes. like, if we strike up conversation with anybody at mm-hmm. a bar, you're getting a business card. So. For sure. <laughs> Just beware, Ohio. Catch us on social media anywhere at Diagnosing a Killer, other than Twitter or X, which is at Killer Diagnosis. Yeah. Patreon, two and three tier members. Get an exclusive bonus episode every month. And uh, even our Tier 1 Patreon members also get access to ad-free episodes in addition to 2 and 3s as well. Yeah, absolutely. And the bonus episode comes out every month on the 29th, which means by the time you're hearing this, the bonus episode has already been out for almost mm-hmm. a week. So yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed that episode. Yes. It was a lot off of my mind to stop <laughs> talking about it. <laughs> but oh my god, speaking of the Patreon bonus episodes, I found audio recordings of the to- uh, toy box killer the one oh, i did last yeah on tiktok they have like four part oh five parts of the whole audio and it's like even grosser like hearing him say it not even just reading the transcript like his voice is nasty it's like that jigsaw moment where mm-hmm. he's broadcasting the same video to, to multiple people yeah exactly Ugh. So, like I said, before we get started, I do have a couple of messages that our lovely listeners have sent us. So, we did get a message from Connie, and Connie said, Hey, y'all. Fellow Texan here just saying I love your podcast. I just came across the story of Mary Ann Cotton and wondered if either of you had ever heard of her. Crazy. Anyway, love you. Bye. (laughs) That was really (laughs) sweet. Um, I hadn't heard of her, but I actually did look her up and put her on my list. Mm. And it's like a wild one. I think that she got convicted of murdering her stepson, but... She was, like, suspected of a bunch of different murders, like, in her family. Really? Yeah. So, thanks for the lovely message, Connie. And, of course, I responded. I always respond on the Instagram <laughs> if you guys send a message. So, we appreciate that. And then we have another one from Kirsty. Mm-hmm. Kirsty said, hey, as you ask in your episodes, I'm listening from the Netherlands, but originally from the UK. So, hopefully that crosses off places on your listen map. <laughs> I only started recently with your Elliot Roger episodes, but I love the style of the episodes. So much information. With a heart. Nice. That was really sweet. Thanks, Kirstie. Yeah, we definitely try to get 
as much info out there as we can without sounding like a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely do our due diligence in our research. I know that we've talked in previous episodes about our different research styles. Right. But either way, like, we want to bring you guys all the content. And if there's anything that we ever leave out, like, just let us know. Yeah. We're not perfect. It's true. <laughs> and well, we've said it before, sometimes for brevity's sake, like, if it doesn't really pertain to the case or maybe a mental diagnosis of some kind, then we usually don't put it in there. Yeah. Um, like, I don't care to know what Jeffrey Dahmer's fa- favorite fruit salad is, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> exactly. It's out there, though. You might. Yeah. <laughs> just so just let us know. And lastly, we got a message from Andrea. Andrea said, hi, Coel and Kenna. This is Andrea Louie's sister. Just wanted to say I love listening to your podcast. Keep up the great work. In the Jody Arias podcast, you said you had said to message you about Rainforest Cafe. So I just wanted to let you know that we have a Rainforest Cafe here in Ontario, California. Love you. Bye. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Thanks so much for That's letting amazing. us know. <laughs> yeah. Let us know about your Rainforest Cafes. Well, I love that, like... You can really tell in these messages that obviously people are listening, but they're like, oh, like, I know that they would really appreciate it if we gave them a little info about places that they haven't been to. You yeah, know, I've absolutely. never been to Ontario. Yeah. I've been to California, but not that part. And right. of course, not in the UK at all. So yeah. it's really fun to hear from you guys and hear like what people have in different spots or even just where you're listening from. It's you know? really cool. I and really it's much enjoy per- it. more personal than just the map that we have. For sure. I love when y'all sign off with love you. Bye. Oh yeah. That's so great. <laughs> it's, so awesome. it's like the subject's like, hello, <laughs> the signature, love you. Bye. <laughs> that is our thing. Love you guys. Thanks love so much. Yeah. Seriously. It's always great to hear from you guys. I love all the positive words. Yes. Are you ready to get into this case? Yes. All right. Is this Sherry Fafini? No. You have any more guesses before I go into my contact? <laughs> is it Diane Rutier? No. I don't think, is the name Diane? I don't remember. I don't think, I don't know if you'll know this case. Like, if you do, I won't be surprised. But if you don't, I also won't be surprised. Is it a woman? Yes, it's a woman. Let me just say the story. I mean, we're already okay. here. <laughs> I'm about to get into it right now. All right, fine. <laughs> this is what's happening. <laughs> so today, we are going to be talking about Brittany Norwood. Brittany Norwood. Again, if you don't know her, I won't be surprised. Cause... Brittany Norwood. I think it's just because I went to high school with a Norwood, so I think that's why it sounds familiar. Probably not the same gal. It's not the same gal, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Definitely not the same it's gal. Not... Yeah, no, I think that's why it's stuck in my head, specifically. Yeah. I think once we start getting further into the story, you might be like, oh, I think I've heard about this. Content warning. This episode contains descriptions of sexual assault, racial bias, and graphic physical assault. If this episode is not for you, we encourage you to find another one of our episodes. Remember, your mental health is very important to us, and we love you. Love you. Bye. Bye. So, yes, Brittany Norwood, and I'll just go ahead and get into it. Because why am I wasting any more time? <laughs> keep saying that I'm going to get into it, and then I don't get into it. And then you it. don't. <laughs> okay. Brittany Norwood was born on May 18th, 1982, to Earl and Lurkita Norwood in Washington State. As far as I can tell, she had four brothers and four sisters, so she mm-hmm. was in a big, very big family. The Norwood family was known as being really well-known around the neighborhood and even admired while the children were growing up. There's actually even a couple of articles that Brittany was featured in as a young kid because she was, like, super active in the community. Mm-hmm. One of these, she was working with some fellow classmates in sixth grade on a project about religion, and it was posted in the Federal Way News Tribune. Okay. Both Earl and Larkita had been described as friendly and generous, and they raised their children to be the same way. So the parents, Earl and Larkita, owned a furniture upholstery and fabric business that went well for a while, but it also had its troubles as well. Hmm. The two were known to stay extremely dedicated to their children's needs, even through the rough patch with the business. Financial needs, I mean. Mm -hmm. 
On top of this, friends and acquaintances noted that the family never complained, even when needing to put thousands of dollars into their children's extracurricular activities. Wow. So just, like, really great people. Yeah, they want everything for their kids. Absolutely. That's great. Of the sports the kids played, Brittany was extremely into soccer as a kid and well into adulthood as well. Hmm. Earl was known to attend every single one of Britney's games, Aww. and he was always dressed very formally, notably wearing a collared shirt, a jacket, and slacks. Like he's like, what I want to look, yeah, I want to look the greatest to watch Aww. my daughter play. What a dad! Britney knew from a young age that she wanted to pursue her dream of playing on the U.S. women's national soccer team, hmm. and she would work very hard at soccer her whole childhood because of this. Her rough behavior during games was something that people took notice of, but always stated that it never translated off the field. It's like, she's just an aggressive soccer player, but yeah. she's not an aggressive person. Right. Brittany would attend Decatur High School in Federal Way, Washington, where she was also involved in cheerleading, and she would graduate in the year 2000. After she graduated, she would move to Long Island, New York, to study sociology at Stony Brook University, hmm. and would receive, receive remarkable praise as a soccer player playing through her junior year. While she was in college, however, numerous reports would be made against Britney from her roommates, teammates, and classmates about Britney stealing from them, like, specific items. What? Yeah, okay. Yeah, kind of, like, goes out of nowhere. Just, yeah. They would refer to her as a kleptomaniac, like, <gasps> most of the time. Like, it was that bad. I wonder yeah. what that, what the psychology behind that is. Exactly. Like, you didn't want for anything as a kid, as far as we know. Yeah. So why do you feel like you have to steal things? It's like a slight risk situation that probably yeah. feels pr pretty nice or something. Or maybe she didn't like the idea of people calling their family perfect all the time when she was growing up. She's like, oh, well, I'll, like, show I'm, them. I need to rebel. Yeah, exactly. Give I don't know. Give me your socks. I still yeah. can't figure out, like, the motive. Huh. That's very interesting. From her friend and fellow soccer player, however, she would be referred to as, quote, very sweet, funny, and amazing soccer player. Mm -hmm. Stealing was her only vice, end quote. <laughs> So, like, it was something that was really, like, yeah, a big deal. it was a high. Exactly. Uh, most people actually seemed to laugh off the constant stealing, like, made it, like, not a, so much of a big deal, stating, quote, oh, that's just something she does, end quote. That's just Britney. <laughs> yeah, like, don't, don't leave your shit out around don't her. Don't leave your shit around her. Uh, no, that's, like, a fucking... <laughs> it's a problem. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think that there's definitely, a, I think, a time in pretty much everyone's life that they've taken something that they weren't supposed to. Yeah. I just find that very interesting that there's a something commingling with like endorphins and stuff like that that yeah. makes someone want to do it all the time. Well, I think that you know, as a kid, everyone steals something once or whatever, and usually you figure out that that's wrong or you get in trouble and then you don't do it again. Right. right? But she's kind of been getting away with it. it well, seems, especially if people are point. laughing it off, then there's exactly there's no ramifications. Yeah, at exactly. All. Eventually, though, she would be reported enough times, and she would actually lose her scholarship and mm. ultimately be expelled from school when Whoa. she was a junior. Okay, well, that's a big consequence. Yeah, well, it was classmates, roommates, and teammates alike. Like, everyone was, like, yeah. reporting her she on She stole my things. cleats. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> They're on her feet. <laughs> Just pushing her over and jacking them off of her feet. <laughs> Now, in 2007, allegations of Britney stalking her ex-boyfriend <gasps> also surfaced. A restraining order from the same ex had also been filed against Britney as well, but she would continuously reschedule the hearings due to, like, work conflicts, despite receiving letters about how important it was for her to attend. Yeah. After a year of dodging the court proceedings, the restraining order had actually expired, as the boyfriend did not have any way to prove his domestic violence claims because she wouldn't show up to this yeah. hearing, which is honestly, like, kind of lame, because... No, you don't show up, you should get, be granted the restraining order. Exactly, like, like she didn't show up, like, clearly. Yeah. But I don't know what the 
I don't know, the, the prosecution or whatever is like, oh, she didn't show up. She's clearly not stalking you. <laughs> She's not here. <laughs> she doesn't even want to be around you. Yeah, exactly. But oh, I don't my know. gosh. But I didn't know that. I, I don't know if it's any different now. But yeah, the restraining order had been filed, but it was, had been over a year since it had filed, so it kind of just, like, fell into the... Where I guess, like, yeah. maybe she just wasn't contacting him anymore, and then... Maybe. At all, and then, yeah. But I just feel like... They should grant it. They should grant it. Yeah. Like, that person doesn't show up because they're afraid of a court proceeding. Like, no. I completely agree. The same year, 2007, Brittany would move to Washington, D.C., Maryland area, to live with one of her four sisters. She would initially begin working at the William Intercontinental Hotel and was actually quickly promoted to management. However, this would not last long, as Brittany was very interested in opening and owning her own gym and becoming a personal trainer. Okay. So that's, like, a, a positive thing. Yeah. But, you know, I'm already concerned because I see the kleptomania already. Or, I guess, I don't know what would the proper term be for that. If yeah. you have that. Kle- I think kleptomania. that's right. Yeah. You have that. You have the the boyfriend that wants a restraining order. Mm-hmm. And then you have her thrusting herself into work. And I think that it's... I just... It sounds like a Kristen Gilbert. <laughs> it really <laughs> does. And I can't stop thinking about Kristen Gilbert right yeah, now. Yeah. I think that... With the personal training, like, the motive behind that might have been, like, stealing people's stuff. Because you're working Ooh. one-on-one with people. You have access to, like, a lot of their, maybe, like, information belongings. or belongings or whatever. I don't know. She clearly that might not have to, been the motive behind it. But. She clearly wants to make a lot of money. Yeah, absolutely. You know what I mean? And she's clearly interested in doing something physical, like physical yeah. activity. Interesting. So, speaking of money, she found herself in a position currently at this moment that she wasn't able to open her own gym because she didn't have enough money. Mm-hmm. So, she decided to apply at a place that sold, like, active wear and gym wear. Okay. So, she could kind of be, like, in the community and just right. not working at a gym. One of these places that she applied for was Lululemon Athletica, and Brittany would ultimately get the job. Do you know this case now? No. <laughs> okay, cool. So, you probably don't know it. If you don't know it now, you probably don't know it. But this was recent, was it not? This was in, like... The murder was in, like, 2011. Murder? Well, diagnosing a killer. Well. <laughs> so diagnosing a cleft <laughs> Who dies? So, on March 12th, 2011, Rachel Ortley, the manager of the Lululemon in Bethesda, Maryland, is that how you said it? Bethesda? Bethesda, Maryland, mm-hmm. arrived in the morning to find the door unlocked. Rachel thought this was strange, but she assumed another store employee had either just been there before her or someone had just forgotten to lock up the night before. Hmm. Once she entered, she came across merchandise strewn all over the place, mm. and the mannequins completely apart, as well as drawers open and racks tipped over, like a ransacking. Okay. The ransacker. <laughs> Upon entering, she immediately grabbed her phone to contact any other employee that might have been there, and simultaneously called out to see if anyone was inside. Yeah. Once she yelled, Rachel noted a strange sound that sounded like groaning coming from the back of the store. <gasps> Of course, this completely scared her, and she ran outside to dial 911 and also grabbed a nearby man by the name of Ryan and briefly explained to him what she heard and asked him to come investigate with her. She's like, I don't want to go in there alone, which I don't Hell fucking no. blame her. <laughs> Ryan agreed to help Rachel, and she would stand at the front door while he went back to hear what the groaning was. A minute later, Ryan yelled at Rachel to call the police. Rachel immediately called 911 and told the dispatcher, quote, I think someone's dead, end quote. <gasps> What Ryan had come across was a scene out of a horror film. He told Rachel that there was a body of a woman laying face down in the hallway and another woman tied up in the bathroom, seemingly barely breathing and possibly assaulted. Oh my gosh. 
At this point, Rachel would phone 911 again to give them the further information that she had gathered. Montgomery County police had responded to the 911 call and arrived at the scene to discover the same trashed place. On the floor leading to the body and woman, there were two bloody footprints, one kind of big and then one smaller. Okay. But there was blood everywhere. Yeah, so it was probably hard to distinguish that in the first place. Exactly. The body of the 30-year-old woman was that of Jaina Murray, a manager of the Lululemon store, <sighs> and the employee that had been closing the night before this incident. She was the manager on she duty. Was, oh, oh, she was the manager on duty the night before. Yes. Oh my gosh, she was in there all night? Yes. That's awful. The other woman, 28, was none other than Brittany Norwood. Brittany's hands and feet were zip-tied, and she had cuts all over her chest, legs, arms, and face. Oh my gosh. Police would rush Brittany to the hospital to tend to her wounds and began searching for any leads to find the perpetrator of this horrific crime. There were no security cameras, however, or even eyewitnesses, except for one, Brittany. Brittany. <laughs> she was alive. And she also was working overnight? She had been working that night. Okay. Before as well. Okay. So but they didn't know both. this at the time. Okay. Well, I guess Rachel knew that, but police didn't. Once Brittany was stable, police would return to the hospital to question her about what had occurred that night before. Brittany explained to police that her and Jaina had closed the store the evening prior, and while she was leaving, she realized that she had forgotten her wallet. She called Jaina to let her back into the store, and alarm records showed that the door was indeed unlocked at 10.05 p.m. Okay. According to Brittany, two men wearing dark clothing and ski masks then entered the store, attacked both women, and sexually assaulted them as well. She stated that Jaina tried to fight back when being sexually assaulted, and the two men responded to this by ultimately ending her life. So, how did she... Was she... She was stabbed, or... I'll get to it in just a second. Okay, okay. While police initially thought that Brittany was a victim of this crime, they quickly realized while talking to her that most of what she was claiming happened did not add up. Jaina had been savagely attacked with at least 331 wounds <gasps> inflicted with five different weapons. What? Yeah. Like, I'm sorry, that's not like a, oh, they got mad and they beat, beat her to death. Like, Or that they were looking to rob and or sexually assault. Yeah. Like, if you, in most cases that we've covered, if there's a sexual assault and, you know, the the person is unfortunately murdered, it's usually very, I wouldn't say quick, but you don't take do that. You don't use five weapons and hit, stab, whatever, yeah. 300 times. That's crazy. So out of these weapons, they concluded that it included a knife and a hammer that actually came from a toolbox that was in the, the store's, like, storage oh, unit. Oh, it was the toolbox killer. <laughs> On the other hand, Brittany's wounds were relatively minor and superficial and appeared to be self-inflicted. Like they were all on her front, not on her back yeah. or on the back of her head or... Yeah. Forensic experts even noted later on that she had a cut on her forehead as well, but the blood that dripped from it was straight down, which would appear that she would be standing straight up, and but so she was found laying down. Yeah. So it didn't... Like, the, it's literally like Dexter. Like, the blood spatter didn't yeah, match what she was course. saying. She was looking in a mirror when she did it. Exactly. The bloody footprints on the floor had come from two pairs of shoes, one being a size 14 Reebok sneakers, which were found inside the store. What? And Brittany's personal shoes. So she wore... Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we don't so, know yet. Wait. 
don't know yet. The perpetrator, whoever that might be, left their shoes. Left their shoes behind working at a Lululemon, which I'm assuming that they have shoes. So they just picked out some off the rack. Yeah. Put them on for the purpose of the crime. And then put their own shoes back on to leave. Jeez. Featured in Vogue, Forbes, and more, Alariz has the most beautiful and expertly crafted diamond jewelry for that special someone in your life. From engagement rings, pendants, and earrings, you're sure to find the perfect gift that expresses exactly how you feel. Click the link in the show notes to receive $10 off all orders plus free shipping. Alariz, fitting all your jewelry needs from A to Z. On top of this, the bloody shoe prints ended before the exit door, indicating that the person who made them did not leave. Never left. <laughs> yeah. You at least gotta go, like, take a jog around the block or something. Just lead them, like, down an alley and, like, yeah. all the way around. God, that's terrible. <laughs> lead them to another perpetrator. Just, like... <laughs> it's like in the Emperor's it was that guy when they're running and, like, the footprints are yeah. left behind. She just paints a sign with an arrow pointing to, like, a dude. He did it. He did it. It's God, this guy. That's terrible. So investigators would do further testing and actually came to the conclusion that neither one of the women had been sexually assaulted, like Brittany claimed. Oh, what? Jaina was even found with a hole in her pants, like, next to her genitals to suggest that they had been, like, ripped, but there was no physical evidence of sexual assault. I wonder why she would claim that if it didn't happen. Well, Like, there's ways to tell that that happened. Absolutely. I think that... And I'll get into it a little bit more, but I think that she was just trying to make these people look like the worst people in the world. Right? Yeah. They're saying, she's saying anything she can for yeah, police to be like, oh my God, how, how horrible. Yeah. We need to go find these guys and not really like focus their attention on her. Right. Although her story seemed extremely unreasonable, police did not have any concrete evidence to make an arrest or even hold Brittany at all. So they began searching for leads in the case. Detective Dimitri Rubin, who had done the questioning of Brittany, was really suspicious of her from the beginning of her story. Did you mean to say Rubin? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. He stated about this, quote, The amount of trauma that Jaina suffered wasn't normal. It's just the little voice in the back of my head. Something's just not right. The way Brittany's describing these two guys, they're racist, they're rapists, they're robbers, they're murderers. It's like the worst human being you could possibly describe, right? It doesn't say two crazy people off the street. That screams an inside job. End quote. Ooh. <laughs> I got the heaves. <laughs> but I'm sure they're happened. looking at her like, there's no way she could have perpetrated this crime. Yeah. Like, we got to look at other leads, potential other leads. Yeah. And it's kind of interesting. I do I do like that, that theory when investigating a crime. Go ahead and throw out the what-ifs and just, it's all just going to come back around to that person, right? Like, let me go ahead and test all of these theories, and when they are disproven, then, you know, the evidence only points to one person. Exactly. It's always going to point back with the evidence. Mm -hmm. And and it's, the thing is, is like, okay, obviously we all know that Brittany was the one that did this. (laughs) Clearly. Her her name is the title (gasps) of the episode. She doesn't have a size 14 shoe? No, her name is on the episode. We all know. But (laughs) at this point, like police don't know what she's capable of she is obviously not a criminal mastermind so all of this shit's gonna come out and it's just a matter of time like police just are gonna do their jobs like they should detectives you know whatever yeah and it's gonna come out i'm sure they're also trying to eliminate any potential you know possibility that someone helped with the crime as well exactly they need to make sure that it's just her only her absolutely so meanwhile, the store owners had offered a $125,000 reward to anyone wow. who could help police find and convict the two male suspects. Did she call? 
Yeah, right? She's like, I think they went that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can I get my 120K? Please? Yeah, for Thanks. real. Police would question the neighboring stores because it was in, like, a strip mall for anybody that may have heard something that night. Mm-hmm. Employees in the Apple store next door had explained that they indeed heard an altercation through the wall the previous evening. Surveillance footage from inside the Apple store. This is funny. It's not funny, haha, but it's like, okay. It showed the two employees standing next to the shared wall, like, kind of, like, leaning into it. And then walking away while the security guard was just listening to his iPod. (laughs) The security (laughs) guard was not interested in shit. He's like, that's not my business. Not my problem. (laughs) Not my store. Not my store. That's terrible, but... I bet they looked at him like, bro, Are you fucking serious right yeah, now. Yeah, like you hear something, go investigate. But he yeah. doesn't get paid to do that. Exactly. And it's just, I mean, not to diminish the job of a security guard, but he's not a cop. Yeah. And the nicest. I'm sure way he possible. doesn't have. Yeah, he doesn't have. He's, yeah. Like what? Is, he's just gonna phone the police. He's like, <laughs> the bro, I get paid sixteen dollars an hour. Yeah, like, that's very true. I'm not gonna go over there. It's but yeah. A, at least call the cops. I think it almost is like. They don't think he heard anything because he was like on his iPod. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> I see. Like, it's just like, he's just like oh, he's that sucks. Officer, and then he puts his officer doofy yeah. iPod. What, what are they called? Air, headphones? They're not I AirPods. Air AirPods. No, they are AirPods. AirPods. But, this isn't earbuds. No, this is in 2011. They wouldn't have had AirPods. Yeah, <laughs> puts his and I'm AirPods pretty sure in. AirBud is that golden retriever movie. <laughs> AirBuds. Earbuds. <laughs> Anyway, so the Apple employee that did hear something would state that she heard women arguing, then one saying, quote, talk to me, don't do this, talk to me, what's going on? Oh my gosh. Followed by screams and the sound of something or someone being hit or dragged. But nobody called the cops? So specific. Yeah, oh yeah. After this, she heard the same voice, but she said it was weak this time, saying, quote, God help me, please help me, end quote. And nobody called the cops. Like, what? Nobody no, called. Because the other Apple pl- employee, employee, <laughs> Apple store employee, <laughs> testified later that he thought the noise was quote just drama. Just oh, it's drama. just two girls. They're just oh, so you've hit dramatic. Me. Stabbed me. Oh, they're so dramatic. Girls are so dramatic. Those hysterical women. Those hysterical women. Meanwhile, with someone's their, getting like with their black bile, like causing all this magic to ha- happen in your brains <laughs> you win you women's is yeah i guess this was freud that was working at the apple store <laughs> <laughs> but he had male hysteria that's very true although they called it ptsd yeah it's ptsd when it's a man it's hysteria when it's a woman yeah mental breakdown <laughs> i know which episode 15.0 <laughs> so long ago so police would continue their investigation and they would get a warrant to search jana's car okay so they would find and collect a blood sample that would later be identified of being a mixture of Brittany's and Jaina's blood. In her car? Yeah, in Jaina's car. Okay. When questioning Brittany, police asked her if she had moved Jaina's car, which was found three blocks away at a <gasps> farmer's market. Oh, she thought that was ditching the car? She thought she was, like, clever. Yeah. yeah. She explained that the men had ordered her to and told her if she didn't come back in ten minutes, they would kill her. Like, that seems like a perfect opportunity to escape if to you're escape. me. To escape. You have a car. You're in a car. You're outside the building. Yeah. Moving three blocks away. Like, you you know how fast cars can go? <laughs> Just step on the skinny pedal. I'm sure she also couldn't claim that they were in the car forcing her to do it. Oh, of course. Well, she said that they stayed at the store and they told her to go right. and come back. Yeah. Yeah. 
But she also stated that she even saw a police officer while she was moving the car, but she just decided not to say anything to him. She's like, I'm fine. I can handle this. I'm a big girl. Yeah. What? That doesn't make any sense. That doesn't make any sense. When asked why she didn't just flee when she was out of the building away from the perpetrators in the car, she explained that the two men had seen her home address on her ID and she was worried that they would try to find her. They just glanced at it but gave her her ID back. Right. He's like, mm, oh, that's interesting. Okay, no, I have go. a photographic memory. You can keep this. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so while the investigation was still going on and within a week of the murder, the community would hold a vigil for Jana Murray. As the night went on, news began to spread throughout the vigil. Brittany Norwood had been arrested in connection to the murder of Jaina. Wow. A at, week... This is at her... Sorry. This was at her vigil. Yes. Oh, my gosh. A week after the assault, on March 18th, Brittany Norwood was charged with first-degree murder. Police would keep the details of the arrest and crime very tightly under wraps and would actually not release any information to the public until nearly seven months later at her trial. What? They so didn't they want just... anyone screwing up the story. They wanted all the evidence to be right wow. there. And they were like, we're not releasing any information about nope. this. No all they know release. is that she was held for it. Wow. Yeah. During the time awaiting trial, the Lululemon store was closed and boarded up, which... I just had to put that in there because I thought that's, like, really sad. Like, it's probably, like, a mom-and-pop-owned, you know, franchise or whatever. Yeah. And, but they had to keep it closed, of course, because it was an active crime scene, essentially. I'm sure they were collecting evidence that whole time as well. Yeah, you would think so. Brittany's trial would begin on October 26, 2011. It was then that the grueling details of what actually happened that night were exposed. So, on the night of the murder, Brittany and Jana were closing up the store, and Jana asked Brittany if she could check her bag. This was very common and still is in high-end retail stores because oh, yeah. the merchandise is super expensive. Obviously, they don't want anyone stealing it. Yeah, I worked for a company that did that for sure. Yeah. Everybody had to look at each other's bags before we left. Yeah, and not for nothing. Like, I don't think they knew each other before, but Brittany is a klepto. So it's yeah. like, okay, might as well check her bag. That makes so much sense now because I was going to ask, what's the motive? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Jaina had found a pair of stolen yoga pants in Brittany's <gasps> bag. So it's unclear... Whether or not Jaina asked Brittany about the pants, or if there was just tension, but either way, like, Brittany knew that Jaina saw yeah. the pants. But either way, Jaina thought to herself that she would just give her superior a call once Brittany left the store, and she wasn't going to say anything to her. Yeah. The two had both left the store, Jaina locking up, and then they both took off. A few minutes later, Brittany called another store employee to ask for Jaina's number, as she had left something behind inside, but didn't have her number. Or she just said that she did. Exactly. The employee gave her the number, and Brittany then called Jaina. Jaina had just gotten off the phone with her boss, who she had informed about Brittany's theft, and the superior told Jaina that she would just deal with it in the morning. She's like, go ahead and go home, like, I'll figure it out tomorrow. Right. So once Jaina answered Brittany's call, Brittany explained that she left her wallet inside and asked Jaina to come in and unlock the door for her. Once inside, Brittany attacked Jaina, ultimately, of course, brutally ki brutally killing her. Excuse me. So that was the 10 o'clock thing that they had said mm -hmm. that there was, a, a, the alarm was turned off. Yes, exactly. Happened. So Brittany then staged the scene to look like a robbery and put on a pair of men's shoes from the store. Oh, well. Began tracking blood around the floor. She would then move Jaina's car and come up with her elaborate plan. What were the people at the Apple store doing there so late? I don't know. Maybe they closed like an hour later than Lulu. Yeah, because this or would have been, like, 10, 10, 10, 20, yeah. 10, 15. So Brittany would then return to the store, where she cut herself up numerous times, bound her feet and hands, and laid on the bathroom floor. Police believe that there was a nearly 90-minute time frame since Jaina's death and Brittany laying on the bathroom floor. 
90 minutes in between. 90 minutes in between what? So she was... Jaina passing and Brittany laying on the floor, which means she had an hour and a half to do all this planning, and then she literally laid on the floor all night. All night long. That's another thing that I was going to ask was like, because this was the next morning. Yep. Did she think that maybe she was going to be loud enough that the Apple store employees would call the cops? Yeah, I think so. I think she was waiting for someone to show up. Like, there's like, there's no way that they didn't hear the ruckus. Like, the police are going to be coming. Right. And then they didn't. Or <laughs> the manager showed up the next morning. Or someone's going to be looking for my ass because I'm not home yet. Yeah. Or nobody, nobody's heard from me in a few hours or yep. something. Wow. Exactly. Ugh. I know. It's like, honestly, like, that's like the creepiest part of this whole thing to me. Like, she literally laid next Down to a deceased person the- for probably eight hours like just for her fucking story that's so like how far are you willing to go for a pair of leggings for a pair of leggings like all over a pair of leggings i well she was afraid she was gonna lose her job is what it was yeah but like it's just like you said it was kind of just like a oh well i'll just start working here yeah kind exactly of thing, so know? it wasn't even like a career or anything like that Ugh. But it could ruin her reputation and her career. Well, she already knew what happened last time she got reports of theft. You know, That's she true. got kicked out of school and everything. That's true. Now, during the trial, prosecutors showed the jury all of the evidence, including phone calls and video footage of Brittany claiming to not know the type of car that Jaina drove. What? She's like, oh, I don't even know what kind of car she drives. But she drove it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> she drove it at least once. The evidence was so overwhelming, in fact, that Brittany had to alter her plea to self-defense as opposed to not guilty, because they were like, there's literally there's no, no way no- you didn't do this. <laughs> like, you cannot, like, physically cannot, cannot put in a plea of not cannot guilty. Cannot not have done it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> the jury deliberated for just 21 minutes before <gasps> finding Brittany Norwood guilty of first-degree murder. 21 minutes. 21 minutes. This sounds like a girl that's kind of entitled, mm-hmm. honestly. This sounds like a girl that, that was really entitled and thought that... She could just get away with it because she's never had to deal with any of the consequences most of her life when stealing things for a while, you know, until it got really bad. But yeah, I just, ugh, yeah. Sounds sounds like entitlement. Again, like I said earlier, I think that she thought, there's no way they're not going to believe me if I have cuts all over my body. I'm found tied up. I tell them I'm sexually assaulted. There's no way they're not going to believe me. They're yeah. going to go looking for these guys, and then I'm going to get away scot-free, and they're never going to find the guys. Yeah. And my problem solved. I got to keep the leggings. Did she- <laughs> you know what I mean, though? It like, she didn't so think about though. the consequences, like, or the fact that they might be able to see through her bullshit. And how old was she at this point? Because I'm thinking about that whole frontal lobe thing, about yeah. con- learning co- consequences and 28. stuff. 28. 28, yeah. She sounds like she's a 14, 15-year-old girl. In the thinking, yeah, process. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, no, it's just wild. Like, she definitely didn't... It was most definitely a rage crime. Yeah. Like, with the amount of wounds that Jaina had, like, that's ridiculous. And I'll I'll talk about that in just a minute as well. I wouldn't... Yeah, like you said, the rage behind it, I'm wondering if it wasn't just her taking out every bit of uncomfortability or frustration Mm -hmm. she's ever felt surrounding kleptomania. Yeah, she's like, I got confused... I got... uh, caught once again or not even caught in her mind she probably thinks i got what's it called when you accused i got accused yeah she's more mad about that yeah exactly so at britney's sentencing jana's family showed home videos of her and they were adamant that britney not be eligible for parole and serve out her entire life sentence well yeah the crime was brutal yeah absolutely the judge would agree and britney was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole on january 27th 2012 
In 2015, Brittany contested her conviction using a Maryland state law that guarantees circuit court defendants the right to appeal. Her lawyers would argue that she did not receive her Miranda rights early enough in the investigation and was thus improperly questioned by detectives. Mm. What was I supposed to give her her Miranda rights when she was unconscious in the hospital or yeah. asleep or something? When was I supposed to do that? The court bluntly stated about this, quote, the evidence of Norwood's guilt was overwhelming, end quote. That's, yeah. That's, <laughs> it's like all they responded with. Mic drop. Yeah. So this <laughs> ruling, them just saying that effectively has ruined her chances for ever appealing again. Well, I mean, the brutality of the crime is... Outrageous. Is, yeah. I think in a way, I don't want to say unmatched, because like, how do you compare apples and oranges? But it's, that's, it's very extreme. 331 wounds at least. At least. That's not total. That's, that's as many they as they count. found. Yeah. Exactly. Like, that is absolutely brutal and content warning for you guys if you do research this crime there are crime scene photos online oh, oh. not of the body but just just a bunch of blood and stuff oh i see I well see, not that yeah. i could find i yeah. didn't look try to look try to look you Ugh, know but. i should have said that about jody arias because oh gosh those things are those pictures are everywhere and it's just heartbreaking oh, because God. you know the alexander family has to deal with that and yeah it's just, absolutely ugh, that's awful so, Brittany Norwood remains in the Maryland Correctional Institution for Women in Jessup, Maryland, to this day, and she has been living a relatively quiet life since 2015, as there is not really much known about her online mm. since then. So, she's, I guess she was like, uh, I can't appeal anymore, might as well just, like, shut up. I'm just gonna like, be quiet. Yeah, I which mean, she, is probably what she should do. Honestly. Um, of course, her parents do not, do not agree with the decision, and they continue to show support for their daughter, hoping that one day she will be released. Do you think it was just, like, a mental break? Do you think that there was something that just snapped and she just raged out? Yeah, I think so, because I was going to say that she was never diagnosed with any mental disorders, but it is known that she was actually going to try to attempt to plead insanity at first, but her lawyers weren't able to prove any mental disability. Well, I wonder if it's not a CTE thing. It might be. And they won't soccer. know that. Yeah, they won't and know cheer. that until post-mortem. I mean... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, it's just a really, like, giant horrible story, you know, from the beginning, and this is a smaller case that I decided to bring this time, but I think it's, like, really important. Like, there's no underlying mental disorder that we know of, but you're completely right. I didn't even think about CTE. And even if there's not a mental disorder, like, we want to cover cases like this as well, because yeah. that brutality of that crime is just so unfair and, like, over something so little. Like, there's no way that there's not a mental disorder in there, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, exactly. Like, there's I, no way. I agree, yeah, especially with the brutality of the crime and, you know, the the lengths that she attempted to go through to cover it up. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sorry, but you just... I feel like if it was, like, a snap or something, that she wouldn't have that wherewithal to kind of cover it up. I, I, I agree. Think. And maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was just a scramble to try to figure out a story or yeah. something. I mean, she I had mean, eight hours to think about what she was going to say. Yeah, exactly. But she also, like I said, had 90 minutes in between the killing and her laying down to, play, like, be an, a victim. Yeah. That she had so much time to... And, yeah, in the eight hours on top of that, she had so much time to reconsider. Why even stay there? Why not just escape? Why exactly. not just leave the scene? You know, well, she's probably thinking, like, I was the only other employee with her here last night, so... Clearly, but, it's... Yeah. I don't know, man. Oh, I think I think, personally, like, she did snap in that moment, and then she was like, oh, shit, like, what am I gonna do? Uh, people that are kleptomaniacs, if you will, are also very good at, fibbing, like, lying, and they're very manipulative and i think that's something that she was i think she was thought that she was gonna outsmart everybody yeah. in her story well even kleptomania can be 
an impulsion and a compulsion at yeah. the same time. So I think that maybe it's also that exactly. it's like a snap decision. And then I'll just pay for the consequences later if there are any. Yeah, absolutely. Well, obviously our thoughts go out to Jaina's family. I do hope that Brittany is getting the help that she needs in jail, but yeah. you know, we can never really count on that, yeah. especially cause she wasn't diagnosed with anything, but mm-hmm. anyway, that's the Lululemon murder story wow. and that's what it's known as. But yeah, Brittany Norwood, I didn't think that you knew that case. And so no. I was like, I'm going to bring this one, see if she catches on. Like, I, I think that I saw maybe a YouTube cause I watch a lot of that chapter, Dave's lemonade or dreading. And I always talk about those guys cause they're my favorite and I'm obsessed, but I'm pretty sure one of them had done a case on this. And I, so I think it sounds familiar, but I'm also like severely ADD. And yeah. so <laughs> I'll be walking around the house with my wireless headset and just like listening to true crime a hundred percent of the time. And so I think I heard it, but I didn't really retain it. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Thanks for bringing it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you guys for joining us. We are on the countdown for, the festival. I think yes. by the time you hear this, it'll be maybe two weeks, and then we go to the festival. Three weeks. Yeah, three weeks. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think to the day, actually, because we're going to leave that Thursday, so three yeah. weeks to the day, and then we're going. <laughs> oh my gosh, it's so crazy. Yeah. We're definitely getting some merch working for you guys. We're going to have some freebies. We're also going to have some Patreon merch as well. If you yeah. sign up for the Patreon, you get something special. Mm-hmm. But we will have some freebies, so definitely come by and stop by and say hello to us, and... Mm-hmm buy us a beverage and yeah <laughs> do whatever you want do whatever you think is fun i'm just gonna have to ship louis a pin yeah no absolutely <laughs> <laughs> okay well we love you guys thanks so much for joining us and we will see you later yeah love, love you, you. Bye. bye your mental health is super important to us so we're thrilled to announce that we are sponsored by BetterHelp to support you BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service and it's 100 percent online With BetterHelp, you can access a network of over 30,000 licensed therapists with a wide range of specialties and be linked with the perfect match. Whether it's via text, chat, or video call, you can talk to your therapist when it works for you. When it comes to your mental health, BetterHelp is a convenient and affordable option for therapy. Get 10% off of your first month at betterhelp.com slash D-A-K-P-O-D. That's betterhelp.com slash D-A-K-P-O-D for 10% off your first month. They would find a blood sample in the car that would later be identified to be a mixture of... Mac! (laughs) Quit it! (laughs) (laughs) When I... Whoa! Whoa! So Brittany... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no. Nope. When you said, oh. <laughs> you started face. recording when you were just randomly talking. <laughs> nope. Again, we talked about the fact that she... What? The cat. The cat. <laughs> Hold, please. Absolutely. We didn't even... You know, we haven't even... Like you said... Oh, uh. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I didn't know what I was supposed to say next. Absolutely. Just absolutely. Just so absolute.